Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Decrypt.co, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Aaron. Today on the show, $14,000 Bitcoin, Ethereum 2.0 set to a launch December 1st, and what legally needs to be done so we can start voting using blockchain tech. Coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. What's up, everybody? Today is Wednesday, November 4th, 2020, the day after. I hope everyone had a great time watching the election results come in last night. Your state, your local elections, your state house, your state senate, your judges, your senators, your house representatives, all those good things came in last night. I had a blast staying up watching all of the results come in yet the presidential election is still going on there probably will be some recounts there might be even some lawsuits there might be some supreme courts and that all pushed me to one thing why the hell are we not using blockchain tech for voting and i thought it must be the legalities there must not be laws in place to do that so i tried to look for some lawyers to explain this to me so today we're going to talk to two people about the two different aspects of the law. The first is just voting on the blockchain, and the second is verifying who you are or your identification on an app or using blockchain. Could that be the hangup? Well, we'll figure that out. But before we get into all that, <laughs> I think we're going to be happy with our crypto prices today. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. And I'm recording this at 3.15 Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin over 14000 at $14,107, up 2.8% from yesterday. Ethereum 403.20, up 5.2% from yesterday. Litecoin 54.49, up 2.2% from yesterday. Chainlink 10.56, up 2.4% from yesterday. And XRP 23.8 cents, exactly the same as yesterday. XRP is our new stablecoin. Total market cap for all of cryptocurrency is $406 billion, with a BTC dominance of 64.4%. Top five coins, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Tether, XRP, and Bitcoin Cash. Now, like I said in the intro, I want to find out two things about voting on the blockchain. Why the hell isn't it here? And two aspects. Is it your identification on the blockchain? Or is it just blockchain tech in general? Well, for that latter question, I asked June Kim, general counsel of O1 Labs, to come on and talk about it. Thank you for having me. The United States has seen itself in a very interesting situation. More absentee ballots have been cast or early voting has been cast since the history of the United States in elections. And all the different states have different laws of how to count votes, how to govern it, how to what votes are counted, when they're counted, and so on and so forth. 
And the only thing I could think about, and one of my biggest like ideas for blockchain technology is voting on the blockchain. But with that, you need to have a legal framework of how that would work with the different states. Sir Cornell, NYU, legalese, you know it. Tell us, how could we get voting on the blockchain and what would that look like legally for all the different laws in the United States? Yeah, sure. Happy to. Um, thanks for having me on again. Um, so, you know, I think we start with the U.S. federal constitution, right? So the U.S. federal constitution does not impose explicit limitation on whether we could or we could not use blockchain voting as long as electoral um, principles are adhered to and electoral principles are the electoral colleges that we're all watching um, the news for right now, which means that um, each state, which has tremendous discretion over how it could carry out the election, how it could um, cast and receive vote and count the vote, um, would ultimately have um, the primary decision-making power in terms of whether and how it could roll out um, the blockchain voting. So a good example of this, I look no further than West Virginia, which actually rolled out a blockchain voting um, mechanism for its midterm election. And that actually allowed absentee ballots to be casted through mobile applications for military workers uh, offshore. And in the beginning, I think um, a lot of good press came out of it. Um, and then it was suddenly halted for alleged, I think, security vulnerability. But ultimately, program shows us that it doesn't require a new law, or it doesn't require tremendous federal movement for a state to decide to um, opt into blockchain voting as long as state laws governing election and election process that are already in place are adhered to by such voting process. You mentioned the security vulnerability of West Virginia's early voting um, primary election and using a blockchain technology. And, and that also is like one of those legalese things that would have to come into play. Like how would that be dis litigated uh, in a dispute moving forward? Like, so you use these new technologies, blockchain technology comes in. I mean, it, with right now we understand that you pick up a physical ballot, you look at it, it's get counted if there's any disputes. What would that look like for hacks or um, fraud or any other kind of things that could happen in a digital space? Maybe if it's just social hacking, uh, what would it look like? I think I would argue that uh, there's actually a very secure way to vote on blockchain. But perhaps uh, the point you mentioned about um, the fact that there is vulnerability, I think we are in fact kind of front loading a lot of the efforts that are occurring today and yesterday in terms of post-cast process and, and counting and sort of voter fraud concerns that some of the Republican candidates have are, are really being handled in the back end after the vote is cast. I think the idea with the blockchain voting is you front and uh, front load that into the beginning of when a, um, a voter were to receive, let's say, a ballot uh, that would entitle them to vote through a system. Uh, giving that voter a unique sort of uh, information that's only attributable to, to that particular voter. And, and as long as we have that process correct, I think the rest by block blockchain network technology, it could fairly create a secure environment that's verifiable, um, that doesn't require an observer or signature verification, which Trump's legal challenges in various states uh, are arguing for, uh, for stopping mail-in ballots. And it also doesn't create crazy events like Bush versus Gore 20 years ago, where, you know, it took us 35 days to finally realize, you know, who was going to be the president uh, relating to Florida, right? So, so in effect, I think what I'm trying to propose is really blockchain is a good way to have a smooth 
um, process uh, near or on uh, election day, as long as we make sure that the, the, the front end verification is, is good and is persuadable to all the states and um, is, uh, is not um, open for fraud. Do you think that these legal challenges would even have be legal challenges if we were voting using blockchain and apps and mobile devices? I think many, many challenges go, go away. So for instance, right, I think if you study the legal claims that Trump's legal teams have brought in various key swing states, they have commonality, which is um, they're, they're worried the mail-in ballots are not being processed in a secure and legal manner. So for instance, um, you know, in, in places like Nevada, Pennsylvania, um, Michigan, I think a lot of the claims are there's no signature verification process, there isn't an observer, that's um, securing the spot. There is a drive-through, uh, a polling site where people could just drop off ballots. Those are not um, what allies of Trump would say secure, and it's it's ripe for fraud. And I think um, before we dismiss that concern, I would point out to uh, the fact that Pew um, Research shows, shows that only 14 or 13 percent of the people feel very confident about the um, presidential wow. uh, election process happening in a secure and fair manner. Wow. So this is a very widely sort of accepted sentiment. And I think blockchain technology, if set up the correct way, could absolutely prevent legal challenges before and potentially after the election day. Your experience in the blockchain space, your experience within the law and as a as a citizen, of course, what do you think some of the what do you think the major pushback is to um, going to digital voting solutions? So what's happening today and yesterday are standard procedures, right? So these are all all the things that have happened before. People are used to it. People are used to manually counting. They're used to having scanners go wrong and then running to city hall to pick up new scanner, inks running out. These are all the things that the people are used to. What they're not used to is, is this crazy system where people could just click a button after um, robust verification, sending vote online through their... I think that concept is, is very foreign and it makes people uncomfortable. And I also think that people who don't know the technology fear, whether rightfully or wrongfully, uh, about um, vulnerabilities associated with this type of technology, where we would argue that this the vulnerability is not anymore. In fact, it's much less than what's happening today in terms of manual counting, in, in terms of postal service not being able to track 300,000 votes, um, therefore federal, federal judge ordering this very more moment, uh, morning saying like, you need to go and sweep the locations to find out where those votes went. So I think education is probably the most important element. And also it's important to make sure um, that um, we uh, do not politicize this process. So each state will have its own discretion, but if there is some kind of like an organization that's bipartisan or commission that could come in, help with the implementation of this kind of voting process and letting them know that this is vetted by both, both sides of the aisles, right? And therefore reduce any sort of conflict or allegations or legal claims that could occur close to the election day, Perhaps we could live in a world where um, we don't have to wake up with no sleep and we still don't know who the president is on November 4th. On a scale of one to 10, how confident would you be using a blockchain voting solution? I think I would be about an eight. <laughs> and and is, is that eight higher than the current system that we have now? Absolutely. Okay. I'm, fair, I'm fairly confident it's, it's way higher. All right. So, but there's still two points between the eight and the 10 there. What is that lack of confidence? And does it have anything to do with being open source or, or private? 
I think um, it has to do with making sure that the voting itself is um, conducted in a way that uh, protects some um, data privacy. Um, if, if such data, mm -hmm. which you know, Owen Labs ZK Snark technology could absolutely come in. Um, it also relates to to the extent we have to store that data. Um, then we go, you know, we encountered the problem of where is it stored? Is it stored in AWS? Is it stored on Google? The server vulnerability there um, obviously is something we need to think about. Um, but aside from that, I think, um, you know, if, if you make it central or private, or even if you make it decentralized, I think the system itself stands for, you know, verification and security that far exceed the value of um, what human hands could do. And finally, in your legal expertise opinion. How do you think this election is going to play out? I, I wish you had asked me this uh, tomorrow morning because um, I would have a far <laughs> better idea. Um, I think um, a part of me um, sincerely wishes that we don't see Bush versus Gore again. But if if certain states swing a certain way and we have a uh, one state that determines the outcome of the election, let's say Pennsylvania, then I could see the, the president uh, and his legal team challenging with now a very conservative Supreme Court in place, um, the decision by um, the state Supreme Court to respect um, mail-in ballots to be received and counted even received three days after the election day. So I could see that challenging happening if uh, the result of certain states happen, but right now it's difficult to tell. I do think that a lot of legal challenges that uh, happened prior to the election date will go away uh, because of rightness and standing issues. But I, I, I could see if anybody brings uh, a Bush versus Gore again, um, it's probably President Trump. Soon Kim, General Counsel for O1 Labs. Thank you very much for coming on the show, sir. Thank you very much. Now to the former question. Maybe it's your ID. Maybe the legalities of using and verifying somebody's identification using tech isn't in place. And for that, I asked General Counsel of Horizon Labs, Dean Steinbeck, to come on and talk about it. Awesome. Thank you. So I just got off the phone with June Kim, and we were talking about voting on the blockchain. He said, basically, hey, you can vote on the block using the blockchain. There's nothing legally saying that you can't. All the states would have to do is roll it out. You don't have to make new legislation. You don't have to go to the Supreme Court. You don't have to make new laws. It's set up. Just vote on the blockchain. So then I was like, Eureka, why, why we're not doing it, it must be because we can't validate our ID. There must be something with our ID or who we are, identification using an app or blockchain technology that's some sort of legal barrier from us doing it. Because I'm just trying to figure out why the hell we're not using it yet. Maybe you can help me out with this. Is there anything legally saying we can't use electronic ID to vote using apps or blockchain technology? So it's a, a great question, Matthew. I, you know, People have been talking about digital IDs for a long time, and obviously blockchain is a great application for that. It's always a mystery to me why technology takes so long to be incorporated into uh, voting systems. But of course, I think digital IDs can and should be used as soon as possible. They're, they're already being used, I should say, in non-US jurisdictions. So there are many countries around the world that have already started to do this. Um, and I think it's just a question of when not if this rolls into the U.S. process. So I, I guess my overall question is, what does the United States need to do? What kind of legal framework would the United States need to have to do this? Or is there any laws saying that you can think of right now where somebody can challenge it and go, no, that's just unacceptable to vote? Or, or is everything in place and the framework there, and we're just waiting to roll it out? No, so, so I believe that 
the technology used in elections in the United States is highly regulated. So it wouldn't be as simple as, you know, hey, a local uh, state regulator just wants to snap his fingers and incorporate digital ID services. There would be a process to go through. It's obviously a very sensitive issue, but obviously it can be done. So we're, you know, at least for the most part, most of us aren't necessarily using registration cards and with hanging chads and, and things like that. That was a thing of the past. So slowly but surely, technology is advancing. Um, but yeah, there, there's nothing that specifically says digital ID is not permissible. Um, but it would need to be incorporated into the voting systems in a way that complies with uh, voting regulations. What is your opinion about voting using blockchain tech? I think blockchain is the perfect technology to facilitate voting. Um, you, what do you need in a vote? You need a uh, immutable, transparent, and secure database, um, which is an exact overlap with what blockchain provides. And so I think it's only a question of time before uh, voting systems are put onto the blockchain. It probably won't happen all at once, meaning you're not going to wake up one day and, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, the U.S. Uh, government is going to roll out a, an advanced and complicated blockchain voting platform. What you'll see is little pieces here and there incorporated into blockchain. So existing technology will be put onto the blockchain and slowly but surely blockchain will cover more and more pieces of the election technology stack. And that's what we're seeing. Like, so as I, men I mentioned, Guatemala, that's exactly what they did. They were voting by hand. They are voting by hand. And then at the district level, each district manager basically creates a, a handwritten card. And then that card is, there are hundreds of districts. Those cards are sent to the capital where they're counted. Shockingly, uh, Guatemala's had a history of problems that somehow between the district and the capital, the cards get changed or altered. Shocking. So, yeah, shocking. So in 2020, this nonprofit who was aiming to bring transparency to Guatemalan elections, all they did really simple is take a snapshot of each district card, hashed it, put it on the blockchain. And lo and behold, every time um, when all of those cards were uh, sent to the Capitol and demonstrated, they all matched because of course they had to match. So I think what you'll see is little bits and pieces of the voting process put onto the blockchain. And then in time, it will just naturally incorporate more and more pieces of that process. We're looking at this election and in this election right now, the presidential election is going to go for a recount in at least one state or more. It might go to courts uh, it might be contested in one way or, or another legally. Do you think, as a lawyer, blockchain technology could prevent all of this BS that we're going to see roll out with this election? I, I don't know if it could prevent all of it. It could certainly prevent large portions of it because what the, the items that are going to be disputed could have been solved via blockchain, meaning voter registration, voter count, who voted, how many times they voted. These are all issues that blockchain solves. Um, much better than humans in, you know, thousands of gyms across the country. Um, and then ultimately for a court to decide. <laughs> thousands of gyms across this country. That's true. That, that is, that's, that where is true. that's where they're adding them up. That's exactly where they are, my <laughs> friend. I voted in a gym myself. 
what would be your first step for somebody? And maybe somebody's listening to this in California or Wisconsin or Pennsylvania or sitting there didn't vote because they like, I have no clue if my votes can be counted. I don't know if it's going to get to the right place. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not even in the country. I would love to vote, but I'm not, I'm not, I don't trust the mail. What as a lawyer would be your first step to try to get this implemented in one of these towns, cities or states? I would love to see, and, and maybe this exists. If it does, I'm not aware of it, but I would love to see a nonprofit dedicated to this specific issue pop up and start advocating for blockchain and voting services to be incorporated into our technology stacks. And we don't have to start again, it doesn't have to start with the presidential election. Let's start with local election. Let's start with, you know, state senators, let's start with mayors, there are a lot of different uh, places where we as citizens need to vote. And I think the sooner we start incorporating blockchain, the sooner we'll see it at the ultimate level, which again, would be a presidential election. Dean Steinbeck, General Council for Horizon and Horizon Labs. Thanks, Matthew. Thanks for having me. And in other news, the long-awaited upgrade for Ethereum will launch December 1st if and only if there are 16,384 validators on the network. Each of these validators will need to be staking 32 Ethereum or $12,700 worth for a total amount of $209 million. Vitalik tweeted the other day, Ethereum 2 deposit contract is released. But you should know that funds should not be sent directly to the deposit contract. Instead, they should be staked using the staking mechanism via the launch pad. Be careful. Don't send your coins to the wrong place. Check, double check, and triple check. But I'm excited to see what ETH 2.0 has in store for the crypto space. $3.5 million worth of KuCoin stolen funds are on the move. If you remember, the crypto exchange was hacked on September 25th, 2020, and it has been estimated that over 1,000 Bitcoin was stolen, along with other cryptocurrencies such as Litecoin, Tether, and XRP. Now, the hack was a while ago, but the funds continue to move across blockchains as the hackers are trying to escape. Basically, they're just bouncing these funds all around, paying gas prices and fees and what have you, trying just to slip by the watchful eye. Good luck with that. I doubt you're going to succeed. And finally, this is actually a fun story because I reported on it about a month ago that hackers have been trying to hack into the fourth biggest Bitcoin wallet for some time. Okay, so this file containing the private keys for the Bitcoin wallet has been floating around the dark web, but they haven't been able to get into it. Uh, Well, maybe they haven't been able to get into it because the funds or the 69,370 Bitcoin or just shy of a billion dollars of Bitcoin just moved. Now, these coins have been sitting in this wallet since April of 2015 when Bitcoin was around eh, 200 bucks. And this was also pre-Bitcoin Cash fork. So along with that almost billion dollars of Bitcoin, there's almost 17 million dollars of Bitcoin Cash just sitting there. Like I said, it's the fourth biggest Bitcoin wallet and it's the 18th largest Bitcoin Cash wallet. Well, all of that just moved. So it's either somebody figured out how to hack it or the owner wised up, found out what's going on and was like, I better get this crap out of here. And I really hope it was the owner that moved that crypto. It would be very, I don't even know. I don't even know what would you, what would you do if you found that you lost a billion dollars in Bitcoin because your private key was floating around the dark web. That would even make the 10,000 Bitcoin pizza seem small. Ooh, I hope it's you owner. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. Happy hodling, everybody. Oh, yeah. Don't forget, subscribe, like, and share this, and leave me a comment on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to send me an email, Aaron at decrypt.co. And another reminder, CryptoCane, Toonsui, and Floating2020, I have some books and some t-shirts for you. Send me an email. I'll see you tomorrow. Happy hodling. <laughs>